Get to Old Navy right now. Jeans, tees, and dresses for the family are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at just $15 for adults and $10 for kids. Hurry in now for amazing styles at amazing prices. Up to 50% off jeans, tees, and dresses. And save even more when you redeem your super cash now through Sunday. Get there fast. These deals won't last long. End Sunday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid July 20 to July 28th. Select styles only. Hey guys, it's your girl Latanya Moore here with Real Perspectives, and we have a fabulous guest, Miss Linda Carter. She is the author of A New Life Delivered from Lesbianism. This book is a book that takes you on a personal journey through lesbianism and how God freed her from bondage. Linda spent 15 years living as a lesbian. In 1995, God saved and delivered her from lesbianism. Linda's mission is to see God save and deliver those who are bound by their sexual identity and to share her personal testimony on how God supernaturally delivered her from lesbianism. Linda is here with us today to talk about and help us understand same-sex attractions. Linda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Latonya. Awesome. So I, I have to tell you that, you know, I, I've heard a lot of stories uh about this, and so I think it's it's really phenomenal when uh, people like yourself are really brave enough to to come out and say, you know, this is the lifestyle that I used to live, and and these are uh, this is what has happened to me in terms of God intervening in a supernatural way to to make those changes. But before we jump directly into that, tell us a little bit about um, the the fifteen years and and sort of how everything started started from you uh started for you uh as you as you started to uh live as a lesbian. Okay. First of all, I always like to tell people that I grew up in a Christian home, which is that is very 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 important to to, to let, you know, your audience know that. Um being the baby of six, um I did not have my father in my life, and that played a very large part, uh, and I want your audience to know that I was, I'm not blaming him, my dad, for, for not being in my life. Uh, I'm not blaming him for uh, the, lifestyle, the lifestyle I lived, but that really had, that, that was a door. What people don't realize, there are doors there are root causes to all our actions, and the and the door of rejection, that's what triggered me to go down that that uh, that road, because I longed for my dad so much, and um, there were that times I didn't know when I was going going to see him or when I was going to talk to him. Or, uh, or he never did anything for me for my no birthday presents, no Christmas presents no graduation presents, none of that. And all that began to, uh, that affected me so much until I, I, I always, in my book, I talked about, chapter talked about the silent years. The, you, know, you know, I knew as a young child that I was not quite normal. When I say normal, meaning that uh, I was not the, the feminine type person. I did not care for the makeup like my sisters and and I did not like wearing dresses and all those kind of things. And so 
I knew early age that something was not right with me. I, I saw I had attraction towards females. And what Satan would do with all of us is that he would give you lockjaw. And what I mean by that, he made me so afraid to tell somebody what I was struggling with in my mind. Now, mind you, I and also, so for all those years, I struggled in my mind, and Satan was bombarding my thoughts with all these ungodly thoughts. And so when that happens, that just allows those desires to really, really manifest and really, really grow inside of a person. I was in church, singing in the choir, in Sunday school, the whole nine yards. But the but but when I got to when I got to junior college, when I turned eighteen, I met a young lady, and I and 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 that night, one night, she invited me to uh, attend a gay bar, and. I agree because Satan had been showing me all these different images in my head about that lifestyle, and my desires was toward women. Now, mind you, during my middle school and high school years, I did have guys that wanted to date me, and I could never see what they saw in me because at that time I never saw myself uh, being attractive, you know, because what people don't realize, words are so very powerful, uh, you know, people used to tease me about me being skinny and having big eyes, and, 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 and that ripped upon not having my dad. So I had all that, you know, to fight through. So I ended up agreeing to go to the gay bar, and after I gave my word, I, I was like, oh, my God, what did I do? But anyway, uh, long story short, I ended up going on a Friday night. And I tell you, when I crossed over to that club, when I went into that club, it was like stepping over into a world of darkness. And what I mean by that, I had stepped into Satan's kingdom. I Now I get a chance to see what all this I've been seeing in my head, what Satan has been bombarding my thoughts with. And when I got up in that club, I saw my childhood friend. She and I grew been friends since we were five years old. She didn't know I was struggling. I definitely didn't know she was gay because if you saw her, you would never thought that she was that way. I saw people from my church. It was just like one big grand party. And when we both locked eyes and saw each other, we just went to hollering and screaming. And I tell you, for those 15 years, that's the lifestyle I lived. Wow, wow, wow. And so, you know, there, there's a lot in what, in what you share. But one thing I want to ask you is, what was what was it like to sort of balance that uh, what you learned in your church and what was happening with you on a personal level? Because it, it seems like it it had to be a a really difficult struggle, and like you said, you didn't have anybody to that clearly that you felt comfortable to go to to talk with. So how did you how did you deal deal with all of that, or did you deal with it? Well, once first of all, I always tell people, and I praise God that I had a praying mother, because you have a mother who's connected to the Lord, and it's, it was six of us, and um, my mother knew each one of us. Okay, so therefore she was in the background praying for me while I was out there in the streets doing my thing. 
And, and, and I'm going to tell you something else. People that live that lifestyle, they know it's wrong because anytime you got to hide and fight for something, you know it's not right. Because if it's right, you could be free to be, and you don't have to try to push nothing on anybody. You don't have to. God don't want us struggling in our minds because he made us whole. And so, and with that being said, I, I, had, I wore like many hats, Latanya. I, 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 I had to be a daughter when I came around my family. I had to try to straighten up and not act too gay. And then I had to go to church and, you know, try to be this church girl. And then I had to go to work and try to act like I was normal, like I really like guys, you know. So I was, I was juggling all these different hats, trying to be normal per se. And, it was, and, I, and I tell you, my heart goes out to those who still in that lifestyle because it is a lot to deal with. You know, we hear about people uh, committing suicide and all that. That is a horrendous lifestyle to live. But you must have some, someone praying for you. And that's how I'm here today is because, one, the grace of God. Two, my, mother, my mother's prayers because the Lord, he answered. He answered her prayers. And God is faithful. God is so faithful. Wow, that that's just it, it. It's really interesting to hear, you know, just to hear the passion uh, in in your voice about this because you know it as as well as I know that there 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 are some people that really just don't believe that uh, that this is something that people can change from. People, there are people that don't that really don't believe that this is. Uh, like a choice or a lifestyle or whatever the, the proper term or, or word is. Some people really believe that this is how it is, this is how this is how I was born. What would you say to those folks? Well, I say this. Some things can come through the bloodline. Uh, I, I've seen family, just generation, that spirit have, have traveled through generation, through generation, through generation. I'm not going to say that they were born that way, but I, I will say this. When you see whatever kind of uh, demonic spirit operating throughout the generation, it has to be broken. It has to be broken because the Bible does say that we was born in sin, shaped in iniquity, but at the same time, in the book of Genesis, God made man and woman. And so he's very clear about God is not making no mistake, but it's just different doors. Some people was molested. They turned to being gay. They hate, you know, it, these, it, these are doors that open. Because one thing, uh, God put man in charge, right? Mm -hmm. and, 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 and fathers are, to, are supposed to cover their children. And so when you got, when the head is missing, the Bible says sin lied at the door, Okay. So if you, if father's missing, who's covering the family? But thank God that God blessed us with a godly mother who stood in the gap, and that's the only reason I'm, I'm here. Because Satan told me I was gonna always be this way. I was gonna always, and I was gonna die this way. But he's a liar. He's a liar. So what, what was that? Okay, so at at some at some point things started to change, right? So, right. well, let me let me let me back up a little bit because one thing that you that you talk about is really um, helping us to to understand same sex attractions, and 
I, I'll just I'll just be be above board. I don't understand it. Um, I do know people that are um, that are homosexual, and you know I love them like you know their you know family and and things, and so I, I definitely love them. But I've expressed to them that it clearly is just something that I just personally don't understand, and and that's just it. It is nothing else to it besides that it's just something I don't get. Um, so talk with us a little bit about that because I think at least for uh, for the benefit of of the listeners. Uh, and speaking from a person who who understands that that mindset, talk with us about what that what that's like, and how can we how can we come to an understanding of what that is? First of all, the Bible said there's no you know, sin is sin, right? Over there in the Book of Romans, first chapter, around around the 18th verse, it, the, the Lord lists various sins, right? So being a homosexual, liar, adulterer, what, what's, what's the difference? All sin, right? Right? So, okay, okay. So I'm, I'm fine. But, 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 but at the same time, we, we magnify homosexuality because, for one, it's against God's nature, Right? Yeah, I mean, and, and to, I, I, I think most sexual most sexual sin would be considered to be against God's nature. But I know what you're saying in terms of man, God creating man and and woman to to to, to be produce. companions to each other and multiply. Right. Is that right? Yeah. And 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 to live that life, no one no one wakes up and say, "Oh, I want to be gay today." No, no, no. That's 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 no one wakes up to. I want to live that life. I'm telling you, you might see homosexual and they might be smiling and laughing and act like they're having a good time. But let me tell you something. Deep down inside, that person is hurting. That person, those persons need our prayers. We don't need to, we don't need to mock them. We don't need to bash them. They need our prayers because there is one lifestyle I don't wish on anyone because Satan will get to the point he'll drive you to kill yourself because it's too much. That's why we need to pray for when we know people that are struggling in that area. We need to be praying for the. It doesn't matter whether we know their names or not, but we need to be praying for the whole gay community. Because until you walk in those shoes, you don't. Because there are so many different demonic spirits that are attached to that, just that one person. You know, you might see that person, you might see, for instance, a male with a broke wrist, or he's twisting, or he got uh, on makeup, or that kind of thing, but you just see the outer part. Only the, the, there are so many different demonic spirits that are attached. You got the drugs, you got the alcohol, you got the promiscuity, you have a suicidal, you got depression, you got all these things that one person, one person is walking around struggling with that the average person couldn't even handle. So why do you think, why, why do you think it's, um, because I, I, I definitely have heard that, that before, that there, there's like this large scale, uh, like the, the multitudes of, of demonic spirits and attacks that are connected to uh, people that are practicing homosexuals. Why do you think that is, though? Why are they practicing it? No. Why Why do you think that that 
why do you think that there are multiple demonic spirits at the at these particular people? For one, because oh, back going back to Genesis, the, the Lord uh, uh, want man and woman to get together because it, and and to reproduce, and that's God. That's God's word. That's God's order, right? Mm-hmm. Satan will always throw something in there to counterfeit, to, to try to demolish what God has set in motion, right? Because if you get two men together and they call themselves married, or you get two women together, they call themselves married, they won't ever produce a child. That seed, that seed is cut. That seed is stopped. That seed will never come forward. So how are you going to – it can't continue to replenish the earth because Satan has launched his thing, and then you got people that, con, you know, that signing off on homosexuality, and that's why we see the big increase because they, it has been, they have gotten a stamp of approval from, high, from, from the higher, you know, powers, okay? I'm not going to get into all that, but – and that stops God's creation. Because no men, no two men, no two women would never be able to produce a child, won't be able to continue to keep God's uh, plan going. Mm-hmm. So in your book, again, guys, the name of Linda Carter's book is A New Life Delivered from Lesbianism. You share your personal journey in, in this book. And one thing that you, that from your personal testimony is that God supernaturally delivered you from lesbianism. Tell us about that experience. Well, back in 1995, uh, my mother, um, I took her to the hospital back in 1995, and, and she was a diabetic and everything, and not knowing that that was going to be our last time riding together. Um, she was in the hospital from February of 1995 to April the 8th when she passed, okay? Uh, that night, uh, around about 3 o'clock, we were called back to the hospital, and um, when I got, when got to the hospital, my mom was uh, in the in ICU, so we, uh, my other family members, they were in the room, and I walked over to the bed, and, you know, I couldn't cry. And I lifted up the sheet and, you know, just to touch her hand, just to really see, is this really real? And I heard a voice say, say to me, either you stop what you're doing or continue on down that road. And I looked around and said, who said that? Because it was a voice I'd never heard before. And I could not understand what my mother's death had to do with my lifestyle not knowing that some months on down the road, God was going to really get a hold of me. And he did. But also at the same time, that was my mom's prayers being answered. You know, we don't get to pick and choose when God's going to answer. We, you know, my mother just knew that one day he will answer because she was definitely a, a, a praying woman of God, definitely faithful to God. So he, he, he did answer. And that was the turning point in my life. Okay. And so, but, but the, but the experience itself. So when you, you heard the voice and you realized, okay, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, God is, is, is speaking to me. Um, 
but what happened mentally? I guess what what I'm trying the the picture I'm trying to paint for our listeners is I want them to understand this whole experience because some people really don't believe in 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 su- supernatural encounters and experiences. I'm not one of those people, but there are people that really don't believe that. So I think to be able to help them really understand that that touch because that that's huge that's huge you you know again i think about in in the bible where you know this is a this is a paul moment (laughs) you know what i'm saying he yeah yeah the masses like this is a paul moment that we're talking about so i i really want my listeners to understand the the magnitude of this moment that you're sharing so but this is what happened one after we after the burial of my mom and everything, and I started going through this you know this phase like I was big on drugs and alcohol and and I just had to be at the club. My mom used to say, Linda, where in the world you find to go from Wednesday to Sunday? I'm talking about I stayed partying, just stayed cutting up, just stayed clowning, just stayed getting my head bad. And after I noticed after my mom passed, you know I the the, the taste for alcohol. I, you know, I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't feeling it. Then I started losing the interest to be around my gay friends. And and, and I just, like, didn't want to go to no club. Did, I just didn't want to get, and I, and I said, you know what, I must really be depressed. And, and I, I really thought that was odd because I thought when you lose somebody you love so much, I thought you'd just turn it up all the way. I thought I was going to be drinking more and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, it, 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 it was the opposite for me. Well, when, as the months went on, I, I found myself uh, just glued to Christian television. Just, I just, it was just this void in my spirit, in, in the pit of my stomach. Just, it was, I just felt so empty, so empty. And I went to the, went to the point where I even changed churches, uh, got into a word-teaching church. But before that, I had one big a gay party, birthday party, not knowing that that was going to be my last time seeing those people, not knowing God was going to snatch me out for real. So one night I, I went to a friend of mine invited me to a, a straight club. He said, he said, look, I'm going to be DJing at such and such a club. And this was a straight club. He said, won't you come out? And inside I just I didn't want to do it, but I had told him, yes, I, I, I'll come. And, it, it, and while I was getting dressed, I could hear the voice inside me say, don't go. But I disobeyed. I kept on, kept on getting dressed. Even while driving in my car to the club, the voice was saying, don't go. And I just kept on suppressing that. I'm going anyway. Get to the club. Greeted my friend, and I sat at the, at the bar, my favorite, favorite spot to sit at. And... Um, a young lady eventually came over and, and never seen this lady a day in my life. She was gay. Didn't look it. Long story short, I, I, they, they sent me a drink. So I really didn't want to drink because I hadn't been drinking. That was odd. So I, I sipped the drink. Drink didn't taste right. Asked the waiter, I said, look, this don't taste right. So she made me another one. Same, same thing. This went on for like. This happened three times. I'm like, okay. So the young lady that came and sat next to me, 
rolled into the night, she invited me to come to her house. And that's something I don't do, but I did that night. I followed her to her house. Get there. We're sitting in the den, and she lights up a joint. And so the joint starts coming my way, and all the time I'm hearing this voice saying, please don't. Please don't do that. Don't do it. And I ignored that voice again. I hit the joint, jumped up and said, you know what, I got to get out of here. Grabbed my things and ran. Driving, mind you, for years, for 15 years, I I always drove under the influence and, and, and had drugs in my system, okay? But this particular night, heading home, it was a Friday night. It was like my car was riding on water. Mm. I'm passing. I'm passing police officers. It was the strangest <laughs> ride. No, didn't get pulled over, but it seemed like it took me forever to get home. It just seemed like it. My car was just like I don't know. I can't explain it. Even to this day, I can't even tell you to this day that now that I'm good and sober, I can't even tell you where that house is. I can't tell you the name of the street. So I go home. And I, I used to always have these little blackouts. You know, you drink too much, and, and the next day you wake up with a hangover. You could, don't remember, you know, you, you, you remember in part, you know, bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Well, that Saturday morning I woke, I woke up, and, I, and my head was banging from, from the drinking. And I'm like, and I, I, I said, Lord, you know what, I'm in, I am so tired of this. I said, I don't even know if I hit somebody last night. I don't know if my front door is locked. And so finally, when my head kind of slowed down a little bit, I eased up, eased out, eased out of bed and went over to my bedroom where I looked. I said, okay, my car's in the driveway. So my head was hurt so bad, I laid back down. I said, well, let me get up, got up, put some clothes on. I said, well, let me go out here and see if I hit somebody. Just didn't remember too much. Walked outside, walked around my car. I said, okay, didn't hit nobody. Walked back in the house. It was like, you know how a car just about to get out of gas completely? Mm-hmm. Walked in my bedroom, walked back in my bedroom, and just fell to the bottom of my, uh, at the foot of my bed, and just threw my hands up, and, and I just surrendered to the Lord. And I just began to cry out to the Lord. And I just surrendered my life to him. And from that day, it's been on. And that, and that, and that was it. Got in church, got into a word teaching church, started paying my tithes and offerings. God speaking, God opening doors, God just transforming my life, God teaching me how to dress, teaching me how to wear, you know, how to, you know, be more feminine and just all through. It was a journey out of this. Did it happen overnight? No. It's a process. You know, you know putting, going from no makeup to wearing makeup, going to not thinking you're beautiful to, 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 to loving myself now, you know. And, and it, everything was a journey. It was, it, it was, Teach at, at every juncture of my journey out of lesbianism, God had people in position to help me along, and and it was an awesome. It has been an awesome journey, and I tell you what, I don't regret. I don't regret God taking me out of that lifestyle. I don't miss it not once I older. Even when things come up in my life, I don't miss it because God has proven His. Himself to me, he's proven to be faithful. He's proven to be a provider. He, he has proven to be my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's been awesome, and He is awesome. 
That is such a great, really just a great story and really just a, a great testament to, you know, just to, to God's power. And, uh, uh, again, I mean, it's, it's really, really brave of you to, to share your story. But I have to ask, so what, it's a difference between kind of just sharing your testimony amongst, you know, other congregants or, you know, your fellow church members. What prompted you to say, you know what, I am going to put my story in a book for the world to see? Because God, when God brings you out of something, it's not about you. It's about glorifying God. And for years I knew that I would write a book, but I just didn't know when. I did not know, you know, I, just, I didn't know when, but I knew in my spirit that one day I would put my testimony in a book. And it, it, it's to be, a, because when God delivers you out of whatever it is he brings you, are, everybody's not going to be an author, per se, but we all have a testimony. When God brings you through something, you've got to go back and, and, and tell people. You've got to go back and, and be a blessing and help those other people that are still in bondage to that. Because it, it, it's not just for you, but it's about the uh, expand the kingdom of God. It's about you ought to want to see people saved. I mean, my heart is I don't want no one to go to hell. And that's why I do what I do, because I'm grateful and I owe God. Wow, that, that's really a good thing. And so the book, when was the book, when was the book released? Well, my first book was released May, in tw- May of 2012, and my second book was released August the 14th. And that second book is really for parents and pastors because I, it's, so, it's so heartbreaking that uh, the pastors, pastors don't even want to deal with this. And you've got people sitting up in your church because they pay tithes, big tithes and big offering givers. You know, you, you know, you dance around it or you don't say anything, but I'm going to say something. But, at, you know, if those people die without Christ and without repentance, the blood going to be on their hands because you ought to want them saved. It ain't so much about funding your lifestyle, but it's about souls. It's about souls being saved. That's what it's about. And what's the name of your second book? Understanding Same-Sex Attraction. Subtitle is How to Minister to the Homosexuals. Because we don't want them, we don't want when they come to your church for you to run them out. They got every right to be there. We want you to know how to talk to them, how to treat them. They don't have a plague. Even if you hug them, it ain't going to come off on you. Mm-hmm. We want you to know how to love them, not to mistreat them. Because people in my church that I grew up in, they used to point and laugh and talk about me. But now who laughing now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's mm-hmm. what I think is, is really key, you know, for those of us, again, that are, that are Bible believers, because that's what we're talking about. We're, we're, talking about uh, we're talking about a Christian experience. You know, we're talking about supernatural deliverance through the blood of Jesus. And so I think that, that it's really key. And I, and I love the fact that you, that you really, uh, especially with your second book, when you're talking about that, because, those are those are going to be the two places that that people are typically going to go for comfort. They're either going to lean on their spiritual leaders or they're going to lean on their family, more than likely parents, uh, or or they will feel like they should be able to. And those are going to be the ones that 
if rejected at either on either side, could take that tailspin into those negative behaviors that you mentioned earlier, drugs, suicide, alcohol, all of those other things, self-hate, you know, that could, I mean, who knows what all that turns into. And so I love the fact that you've put, in, that, you've put that together, uh, that you've put that together in a book. Uh, what type of feedback, though, have, have you received from, from your work in this area? Um, God is constantly opening doors. Books are still being sold. Uh, and I do one-on-one counsel. Uh, um, I do a lot with parents because they are so, they're, they're hurting and they're blaming themselves and they don't know what to do. And a lot of times they, they think by arguing with them, with their kids and saying ugly stuff to them, that's going to make them change. But, but in all actuality, it makes it worse. So that's why, that's why I gear by, I make time for the parents because you don't want to lose your child. And I, you know, try to teach them how to uh, interact with their children because I, I tell you, God, God, I, I often wonder who did my mom have to talk to, you know, because that, that's huge. You don't want to, you know, you really want to, you know, my child gay, you don't want to be walking around doing that. You know, that hurts a parent, you know. But but thank God she knew the Lord. Mhm. And what would you want our real prospective listeners to gain or, or just take away from your work in this area? When you my my, my challenge is my my prayer is that you pray for the gay community because you know what, as you as you see these things going on in the world Jesus is soon to come. It's not enough that I get to the, make it to heaven, but I want to take everybody I possibly can. So we need to get, get out of ourselves and start praying for the gay community at large. You don't have to know all their names. I don't know all their names, and I live that life. It's too many of them now. We had, we've had some that died prematurely from AIDS. Who was praying? Who was covering them? And our job as saints of God is to pray. Not bash, not point fingers, because you never know who God is going to snatch out of that group and make them a prophet or make them a missionary or evangelist or preacher or whatever. So our job is to cover them in prayer and to love them. And, and, and if we have some parents that's listening, hey, don't give up on your children. What you do is hold, get you a script and hold fast to God because God said in his word, I have no respect to person. What I've done for one, I would do for the for you, and that's 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 my take on it. Awesome. Well, real perspectives, listeners. We have Miss Linda Carter again. This is really awesome. We can certainly certainly we're going to have you back. I know there there are so many areas that we that we didn't cover. We brought you on to talk about your authoring, <laughs> your books. And uh, I didn't know about the second, uh, the, the second book was out yet, so that's really awesome. So I'm going to encourage everyone, again, she has two books, A New Life, Delivered from Lesbianism, and one, Understanding Same-Sex Attractions, that's for parents and pastors. Where can our listeners find and purchase your books? They can go to Amazon.com, or they feel free to, uh, to go to my website, and that website address is www dot restoration ministry dot org. No, I'm sorry, www dot restoration ministry 
mobile.org. And there you can uh, visit my webpage. You can also shoot me an email. You can also hit me up on Facebook, and I'd be more than happy to speak with you. I do speak at conferences. I do speak at women's uh, conferences. So I do one-on-one counsel. So I'm, a, I'm available. I'm God's servant. Awesome. Well, you heard it from the woman herself, Ms. Linda Carter. I'm Latanya Moore, your host, and this is Real Perspectives, where we seek real people with real issues and real solutions from real perspectives. Get to Old Navy right now. Jeans, tees, and dresses for the family are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at just $15 for adults and $10 for kids. Hurry in now for amazing styles at amazing prices. Up to 50% off jeans, tees, and dresses. And save even more when you redeem your super cash now through Sunday. Get there fast. These deals won't last long. End Sunday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid July 20 to July 28th. Select styles only. Get to Old Navy right now. Jeans, tees, and dresses for the family are on sale up to 50% off. Jeans start at just $15 for adults and $10 for kids. Hurry in now for amazing styles at amazing prices. Up to 50% off jeans, tees, and dresses. And save even more when you redeem your super cash now through Sunday. Get there fast. These deals won't last long. End Sunday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid July 20 to July 28th. Select styles only. <laughs> 